The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts the construction of american exceptionalism would have us believe that America has always taken the moral high ground and that it has always acted flawlessly in its pursuit of liberty. I believe in American exceptionalism with every fiber of my being. But what makes us exceptional is not our ability to flout international norms and the rule of law. It is our willingness to affirm them through our actions. The ideals of American greatness and superiority require us to believe in an America that is good, just, and benevolent. That America is unique and that it's built differently. I, an American, have seen the myths of exceptionalism unraveled by the realities of American injustices, America's similarities to other countries, American hypocrisy, and American distortions of history. Slavery happened in the United States. Eugenics programs in the United States inspired ones in Nazi Germany. Concentration and internment camps have been sites of persecution for indigenous people, black people, Japanese people, immigrants, and dissidents in U.S. history. The exaltation of America's values, status, and rarity does not change the truth of the history and present of the United States. America's redeeming qualities cannot paper over the crimes and moral failings the country has been complicit in. The U.S. is very good at leaving misdeeds unacknowledged. It's perfected the art of saying we're not as bad as them, or better yet saying what we did was justified and we're still above everyone else. 
A lot of Americans have no problem saying that the past stays in the past and we can only get better by looking forward, completely ignoring causality. Denialism and revisionism keeps folks in states of ignorance or comfort. America is so often unexceptional. There have been many instances where people have had to pressure America into being exceptional. There will never be a time when the U.S. or whatever country you live in will be perfect or above making poor decisions. There will always be a need for dissenters, for protesters and rebels who hold a mirror up to society and remind us that we are capable of choosing differently. I'm Eve Jeffcoat, and this is Unpopular, a show about people who didn't let the threat of persecution keep them from speaking truth to power. Germany was under the oppressive rule of Adolf Hitler and his Nazi party from 1933 to 1945. During this period, called Nazi Germany or the Third Reich, the country was subject to totalitarianism, propaganda, militant and racist foreign policy, suppression of rights and opposition, and genocide. Millions of people died in the Holocaust, and many more were persecuted, displaced, and traumatized. The scale and reach that the Holocaust had was huge. The Nazis doled out terror and depravity in so many different ways. But anti-Nazi resistance was strong, too, and it came from many different angles. People protested and fought the Nazi regime on spiritual, economic, political, or moral basis. Some helped Jewish people hide from the Nazis and took risks to rescue Jewish people. Some focused on raising awareness about the vileness and cruelty of the regime. Others planned to assassinate Hitler. Resistance efforts were active inside Germany and beyond. The totalitarian state was powerful, fearsome, and brutal. And survival alone was hard enough for the many people being persecuted in Europe at the time. But organized and disorganized action against the Nazis did happen, from the efforts of individuals like Otto and Elisa Hampel, who left postcards denouncing the regime in public places, to the resistance of White Rose, a nonviolent anti-Nazi resistance group that formed in 1942. This is where today's resistors, Hans and his younger sister Sophie Scholl, come in. The brother and sister duo, along with Christoph Probst, Willy Graf, and Alexander Schmorell, founded the so-called White Rose Movement. The group disseminated leaflets that denounced the Nazis and attempted to renew the, quote, severely wounded German spirit. Though some groups did aspire to overthrow Hitler's regime, many others were not as revolutionary and were sure only military might could topple the current order. The Scholls had become disillusioned with the regime and recognized the necessity of opposing it. So they did just that, and they called on other people to do the same. Here's how their awareness turned into action. Sophie and Hans were born to Robert and Magdalena Scholl. Robert was a mayor at the time of Sophie's birth, though he later lost that position. Both he and Magdalena opposed Hitler, 
who put the propaganda machine to work and was able to get a bunch of people behind him and his image by drawing division, taking advantage of people's vulnerabilities and prejudices, and making people believe that he was putting Germany first and that they could win World War II. Beyond all the enthusiastic support he received from adults, Hitler also strove to indoctrinate young Germans with allegiance to National Socialism, a.k.a. Nazism. So despite their parents' encouragement of critical thinking and opposition to the regime, Hans ended up joining the Hitler Youth, the Nazi Party's youth organization designed to brainwash boys and young men with Nazi ideology and send them to war. And Sophie joined the League of German Girls, the equivalent indoctrinating body for girls and young women. They were part of the Nazi bandwagon, believing that Hitler and his ideology would advance the nation. Hans even became a squad leader of his Jungvolk unit. Something to keep in mind, Hitler was at this time espousing the idea of a master race, its superiority, and its entitlement to expand into more territories. But their involvement in the Nazi party did not last long. They had grown distrustful of the Nazis and frustrated with the forced discipline and conformity. A book by Hans's favorite author, Stefan Zweig, was banned by the Nazis. Hans even broke off from the Nazi youth organization and formed one of his own, which was later banned because its activities were considered subversive. His discontent was growing. Also, Sophie was unhappy with school curriculum, which was centered around promoting Nazi ideology. She once wrote, Sometimes school seems like a film to me. I look on, but for all intents and purposes, I'm excluded from performing. Sophie, Hans, and their siblings Inga and Werner were all either questioned, arrested, or jailed for taking actions that were forbidden by the Nazis, like freely exchanging opinions. And the siblings' father, Robert, continued to push back against Nazi policy through small acts of resistance, like listening to outlawed radio stations that gave war reports that nationalized stations did not. Sophie was required to serve six months in the Reich National Labor Service. And in 1941, she began working as an attendant in a kindergarten attached to a munitions factory. While there, she had to go to ideological training sessions, Hans was also losing faith in the regime's commitment to bettering Germany. He built roads for the Autobahn under the National Labor Service, and he went on to join the army and study medicine. While a soldier on the Eastern Front, he witnessed Nazi terrorism of Jewish people and heard of the massive deportations to concentration camps. On top of this, in 1942, his father was sentenced to four months in prison for professing to a colleague his hatred of the Nazi regime. By the time Hans returned from war, his disillusionment, dislike of Nazi ideology, and consciousness of the horrors of concentration camps all piled on one another to inspire his anti-Nazi resistance. The grand facade of Hitler's better Germany and better world had dissolved for Sophie, too. When we get back from the break, we'll get into Hans and Sophie's risky resistance efforts. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Jean! Eugene Fodor! Jean, we'll boot it! 
Much of the joy you will find on the road comes from the person you share it with. So you ride the books, Jin, and Vlastar on the business. I understand now. He's a wise man who marries a wiser woman. But be careful and choose your travel partner well, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. Get down! I'm not stupid, Jean. Something is going on, and it's high time you tell me the truth. Freeze, Americano! Huh? Oh! Jean, run! So travel before it's too late. Your money will return. Your time won't. And we're all too quickly approaching that final destination. Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, my name's Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready to, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here... We have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia. And I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Tons of Germans supported Hitler and rode the Nazi wave right into the Holocaust. Those were not just extremists and power-hungry politicians, but your regular townsfolk, too. Shop owners, doctors, teachers. Hitler gained support through indoctrination, terror, propaganda, coercion, ideological pandering, personality cult building, and exploiting and dismantling systems. People who are already vulnerable, impressionable, polarized, or disillusioned can be easily influenced into taking a morally questionable stance. The status quo can change in an instant. Even if it's taken years to get to a point, say one where gay marriage is legal or children are being forcefully separated from their parents by the state, major changes will happen during our lifetime and will be presented with an opportunity to either embrace the change or not. 
Hans and Sophie at first joined the masses who were receptive of Nazism and supported Hitler's vision. As they dove deeper into the ideology and were exposed to the horrible, brutal reality of its extremity, they realized that it did not align with their worldview, and they chose to reject it. And then they went beyond rejecting the new status quo of fascism, racism, and extreme nationalism to raise others' awareness and push them toward resistance. The degeneration of Germany under Nazism is a serious and drastic shift in society. It's the type of change that seems impossible before it's happening, and then you're in the middle of figuring out how to deal with it. But as history has proven, these kinds of unfathomable changes do happen. They happen all over the world. There is no place that is above reproach. In early 20th century Germany, the status quo quickly became genocide and oppression. There were those who welcomed or condoned the new normal. And then there were those who chose to challenge and disrupt it. Hans was studying medicine at the University of Munich. There, he linked up with other people who questioned Nazi ideology, including Christoph Popes, Alexander Schmorell, and Willy Groth. Kurt Uber, a professor at the university, inserted veiled criticism of the Nazis in his lectures, and his classes also became a point of congregation for students who opposed the regime. The group of students that held anti-Nazi discussions and meetings became known as the White Rose, for reasons that remain unclear. Hans emerged as a leader of the group. Tauta Lefrenz, Lila Ramdar, and Gisela Schertling also soon became involved in the White Rose group. But facilitating political and intellectual discussion groups was not enough in the face of Nazi persecution and execution of Jewish people, Polish people, gay people, people with disabilities, and others deemed unfit or inferior to the so-called master race. The Nazis were also executing communists and people who resisted the regime. Though the group was at first about the Friends' shared interests in things like art, music, literature, and philosophy, the oppression, crimes, and atrocities perpetrated by the government were unavoidable. The Friends could not ignore the deterioration of society under Nazi rule in favor of remaining loyal to Germany. In 1993, Years after World War II and the end of the White Rose, Jürgen Wittgenstein said that it was not good enough to keep to oneself, one's beliefs, and ethical standards, but that the time had come to act. The group got a hold of a secondhand duplicating machine, a typewriter, printing paper, and stencils. In June of 1942, they began producing leaflets called Leaves of the White Rose that called out the regime for its brutality and encouraged people to resist. Here's a translation of part of the first leaflet. If the German people are already so corrupted and spiritually crushed that they do not raise a hand, frivolously trusting in a questionable faith in lawful order of history, if they surrender man's highest principle, that which raises him above all other God's creatures, his free will, 
if they abandoned the will to take decisive action and turn the wheel of history and thus subject it to their own rational decision, if they are so devoid of all individuality, have already gone so far along the road toward turning into a spiritless and cowardly mass, then yes, they deserve their downfall. The leaflet also urged people to offer passive resistance to, quote, forestall the spread of this atheistic war machine before it is too late. There were literary and historical allusions in the text. They wanted people to recognize the catastrophe that was Nazism, to reject indifference and silence, and take action against Nazi ideology and warfare. And the text asked people to make copies of the leaflet and distribute them. After Sophie enrolled at the University of Munich in mid-1942, she found out about the leaflets and White Rose and decided to join the effort. The first four leaflets were written in June and July of 1942. The White Rose mailed the leaflets to people in Germany, put them in telephone boxes, and took them via train to cities outside of Munich. Many of the leaflets were turned over to the Gestapo, or the secret state police, who were becoming more concerned about the effect the content would have on Germans. The people in the White Rose were also using graffiti to express their opposition to the regime, painting graffiti on buildings in Munich that said things like freedom and down with Hitler. Students in Berlin, Freiburg, Hamburg, and Vienna heeded the call to protest the regime and helped spread the resistance. After the break, Hans and Sophie, like many others in the Nazi resistance, are caught. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Eugene Fodor! Gene, was bought it? Much of the joy you will find on the road comes from the person you share it with. So you write the books, Gene, and Vlastar on the business. I understand now, it's a wise man who marries a wiser woman. But be careful and choose your travel partner well, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. Get down! I'm not stupid, Gene. Something is going on, and it's high time you tell me the truth. Freeze, Americano! Gene, run! So travel before it's too late. Your money will return. Your time won't. And we're all too quickly approaching that final destination. Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here, we have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, 
or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care and we'll see you there. Hey, my name is Jay Shetty and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready to, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. The last two leaflets were labeled as leaflets of the resistance movement of Germany and written in early 1943. By this point, the Gestapo considered the leaflets a huge problem and were investigating involvement in the White Rose. But at the University of Munich, there was an apparent spirit of rebellion. So on February 18, 1943, Hans and Sophie took a big risk in deciding to distribute leaflets throughout the university. They put stacks of the sixth leaflet in the school's hallways and threw the leftover leaflets off the top of a staircase and into the entrance hall. Thousands of copies of white rose leaflets had been passed out by this point. But this action was the one that would get Hans and Sophie captured. Jakob Schmid, a janitor at the university, spotted them distributing the leaflets, and they were turned in to the Gestapo. Christoph Probst was also arrested when a draft of a leaflet he wrote was found in Hans's pocket. Hans, Sophie, and Christoph stood trial at Munich's Palace of Justice on February 22nd, just four days after they passed out the leaflets at the university. They were all found guilty of high treason. Judge Roland Freisler said the following. The accused have, by means of leaflets in a time of war, called for the sabotage of the war effort and armaments, and for the overthrow of the National Socialist way of life of our people, have propagated defeatist ideas, and have most vulgarly defamed the Fuhrer, thereby giving aid to the enemy of the Reich and weakening the armed security of the nation. On this account, they are to be punished by death. Their honor and rights as citizens are forfeited for all time. The two Scholl siblings and Christoph were executed by guillotine hours after they were sentenced to death. Other people involved in the White Rose resistance were arrested and executed, including Kurt Uber, Willy Groff, and Alexander Schmarell. After the sixth White Rose leaflet was smuggled out of Germany, Allied forces intercepted them and dropped copies over Germany. Germany didn't surrender in World War II until May of 1945. Hans, Sophie, and the White Rose leaflets were a small part of the larger resistance to Nazi domination. Their denouncement of the regime, 
and exposure of its atrocities helped create a network of agitators who refused to stay silent while Germany descended into depravity. The White Rose's sixth leaflet proclaimed a day of reckoning. It said this, Freedom and honor. For 10 long years, Hitler and his coadjutor have manhandled, squeezed, twisted, and debased these two splendid German words to the point of nausea, as only dilettantes can, casting the highest values of a nation before swine. They have sufficiently demonstrated in the 10 years of destruction of all material and intellectual freedom, of all moral substance among the German people, what they understand by freedom and honor. The frightful bloodbath has opened the eyes of even the stupidest German. It is a slaughter which they arranged in the name of freedom and honor of the German nation throughout Europe, in which they daily start anew. The name of Germany is dishonored for all time if German youth does not finally rise, take revenge and atone, smash its tormentors, and set up a new Europe of the spirit. Students, the German people look to us. As in 1813, the people expected us to shake off the Napoleonic yoke. So in 1943, they looked to us to break the National Socialist terror through the power of the spirit. Berezina and Stalingrad are burning in the east. The dead of Stalingrad implore us to take action. Up, up, my people, let smoke and flame be our sign. It is clear that beyond being motivated by the restriction of their personal freedoms, Hans and Sophie felt responsible to help end the horror of Nazi rule for the sake of people's futures. Society had reached a tipping point, and they were compelled to act and call others to action. Sophie and Hans risked their lives to dissent and sadly died young. Though their lives were cut short before their activism could incite widespread and active opposition against the regime, they left behind a legacy of resisting despite odds and a model for encouraging collective action. Hans, Zofi, and White Rose used direct action tactics to affect change from where they stood. The message? Find a way to contribute to the resistance rather than sit back and find out what the world will become if you do nothing at all. Our producer is Andrew Howard. Holly Fry and Christopher Hasiotis are our executive producers, and you can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be back next week with another episode of Unpopular. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love Love at First first Listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, 
it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily Podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. That's right.